Hello, welcome to How to CEO. I'm your host, Murray Newlands. In this show, we will be looking at how CEOs can develop emotional intelligence in their teams. When you decided to become a CEO, the world changed. You can either crash and burn or you can build an amazing company. And we're here to give you the knowledge, the expertise, and the advice to bring you to that amazing company. I'm delighted to have Rob O'Donoghue on the show with me, and he is an expert on how to build emotional intelligence, and he's going to give us his insight. Rob, welcome. Murray, it is a delight to be on your show. Thanks so much for having me. Rob, tell everyone about yourself, please. Okay, so I'll try and keep it succinct. Uh, Rob O'Donoghue, I'm from Ireland. Uh, I live in Cork. I've been working in I suppose in IT and business for about 20 years, uh, holding a number of different roles from project management, uh, strategy, business operations. And over the last five or so, have been getting much more involved uh, and diving into leadership coaching, uh, performance development for individuals, teams, and organizations. And that's really where I have figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up sort of thing. So I love that area. What exactly do you do at the moment? So I work with Dell. I'm a director of project management and leadership coaching. Awesome. And how do people connect with you if they want to connect with you? So my website, so outside of the day job, I do a podcast, uh, which you were kind enough to be on earlier this year. It's called 1% Better. And there is, the website is called robofthegreen.ie. And I'm on LinkedIn, Rob O'Donoghue, without the G. Uh, you'll find me there. So they're kind of my professional and personal ways to get in touch. And then just obviously the email is rob at robofthegreen.ie. Awesome. Thank you. So swing straight into it. So how do you, as a CEO, think about emotional intelligence? What should you be thinking about? What should your perspective be? So I came up with this idea that CEOs should play another role or maybe even put on a different hat to become chief awareness officers so maybe a cao um, now i'm not saying they give up their ceo title because that's probably very important to them i would imagine but it's to develop a better sense of self-awareness and help your team grow their own self-awareness because there's so many different spin-off benefits that you can gain from that so i guess how do you get better at self-awareness it's part of the emotional intelligence framework it's for me, the most fundamental part, it's the, the bedrock. If you can develop good self-awareness, all the other components and, and, and parts of the framework can come together. One of the simplest ways a CEO or anyone can start developing their self-awareness, take an emotional intelligence assessment to get your baseline. It gives you a bit of an objective view. Some people say, I'm, oh, I'm very, uh, I have great self-awareness. Chances are they don't. I think 80% of people think they're much more self-aware than they actually are. So doing a, an emotional intelligence assessment, the one I typically use is called Emotional Capital Report or ECR. And it gives you, um, it gives you an overview of your emotional intelligence overall scoring. Uh, and there's 10 competencies in there. Self-awareness is kind of one of them. So you get a good baseline. And from there, it gives you some actions and areas to focus on on how you can actually develop it. There, again, is any number of areas. We talk about meditation and mindfulness or just being kind of more 
observant of how you're feeling and wh how you're reacting uh, in a meeting, for example, <laughs> CEOs tend to be in a lot of meetings, uh, probably tense, high stress environments where they're on the hook to make decisions all the time or give direction. And a lot of the time, uh, from, from experience talking to people at very high levels, they can be impulsive. And one of the things around emotional intelligence is to improve your self-control or your, your ability to be less impulsive. And again, if you're not aware of that, that's something that you can probably um, just let skip over you. So work on your self-awareness, get yourself in a better, more aware state. And then as a CEO, starting to advocate that as you're with your chief awareness hat on, start to advocate that to your executive team and have that maybe cascade down. One of the interesting tools that I use is called a, a Joe Harry window. Have you heard of a Joe Harry window before? No. So this is a good one. It's a, as the, as the name might suggest, it's a bit like a window. The, it's, it's four quadrants. It's developed by two gentlemen. One was the name Joe in it, and the other guy had Harry. So that's where the Joe Harry piece came from. And it's an excellent tool to uncover blind spots, not only obviously in yourself, but maybe some of your team members. Um, and it's, it's basically getting two people together using this tool and one will talk about some areas that they're known to themselves and known to others. So for example, I'm a CEO and, and, and people on my team know that. So both of you know it. Then there's another quadrant where it's known to self and hidden to others. So the CEO might say, hey guys, by the way, I'm a DJ at the weekend, known to him, hidden to others. So he'll open that up and that starts opening things up. Trust starts to come when people start to share. The third quadrant, and the one that's really the most important is the blind spot, where it's not known to self, but known to others. So I'm a CEO, somebody on my team says, Rob, it's, it's difficult to say, but you're, you, you tend to overreact when there's too many things coming at you, as a poor example. Um, so the blind spot is uncovered. And then from there, you can start figuring out how can I do better with that blind spot because it becomes a bit more aware. It becomes a bit more conscious or brought up into your line of sight. And each member on the team can, can do this for 10 minutes at a, at a team meeting or just set up one-to-ones where they can start opening up, uncovering blind spots and building trust and the self-awareness and the awareness within the team starts to go up. So that's a couple of quick examples. I think the, the data backs it up. Higher self-aware teams lead to higher and better team performance, better decision-making, uh, reduction in conflict when teams trust each other more, more self-aware of each other. There's less stress in the room. And I'm sure you've been in situations, Murray, in your leadership positions where there's probably been different levels of self-awareness, sometimes zero, and that made for difficult meetings and a difficult, probably difficult barriers built up that you just couldn't get over or break through. So with team members who, who don't have much self-awareness, they tend to be the most, uh, my experience is that they tend to be the most confrontational, possibly the hardest to bring this up with. H how do you bring up the topic of emotional awareness with people who possibly don't have so much emotional awareness? And also, how do you bring it up with a manager, with someone who's, how, if you were, if you were a CEO and you're, or 
someone in your management team, like a, a, even like a junior staff member said, hey, my manager needs to have better emotional awareness. How do they, how do they raise that question? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a good one. What I tend to do when I'm coaching people is you don't bring it up out of the blue and make it a kind of a direct confrontational discussion. In your team meetings, you bring it up as a general discussion point so that everybody needs to, to talk a little bit about it. Somebody that thinks they know everything or are, are very self-aware, as you rightly said, when you bring it up, and I've had the experience that they can react negatively to that. Uh, you're uncovering a blind spot that they don't want to have uncovered in lots of ways. So you kind of bring it up in a more general environment, tends to, to work well, and the layers start to get peeled off a little bit from there. To your second point, I think, I think you know, again, if, if you get feedback from others, in a kind of in an anonymous way. So you might do a, the, the consideration of a 360 where that person might get feedback from not only from their boss, but from their team members. And it's all anonymous and give that back to them, have them read it, share it with them in advance of your meeting so that they have some time to digest it. And then again, it's the data doesn't lie in some ways, it's, it's there in front of them and you can start that conversation it might take the sting out of it a little bit um, beforehand if you share it with them in a you know in a in an anonymous document. And then, okay, that's the first steps of uh, of moving this forward. What are some uh, processes that you can lead the team through to actually really really heighten their emotional intelligence and awareness? Just pre- predominantly around awareness. Yeah, like I think awareness is the bedrock of the emotional intelligence framework. So once you start working on the awareness and like a lot of terminology these days, when you talk about meditation, mindfulness, the, the, the examples come up, this is a practice. So you don't do it just once and leave it there. It's something you have to do like working out every day for a period of time, building the strength, building the muscle, and you start to have that ripple effect. The team becomes more self-aware. They transfer that to their own team and it starts to cascade down and the trust begins to develop and a culture then begins to form over over time so that's really important to to make it i suppose a a goal within the organization it's a it's a program it's a a longer term initiative where people are held to account in lots of ways over a period of time that is important to know that it takes, it takes time to develop this. Then you can create other types of initiatives. Relationship is another part of the overall emotional intelligence framework, developing strong relationships within your team and outside of your team. So we've put in programs like reverse mentoring, where maybe more senior members of the organization mentor and get mentored with more junior people. So that kind of develops that relationship building, which is again, very, very important. It's important that the CEO and the executive team work very closely with HR because any programs around people development need to have them included. And and that definitely brings its own benefits. The area around social is another part of the emotional intelligence framework, and it's becoming very, very important. We're we're social creatures. We love to connect. We love to help out, and we love to have meaning or purpose in what we do. 
again, statistics show over the last number of years, people's connection and purpose in their day jobs is on the decline. Although they're more connected than ever, their sense of purpose is probably not as high as it would have been in the past. So organizations that implement programs like corporate social responsible initiatives where they're helping in the community and creating kind of internal groups that might be focusing on, in on the LGBT community or next generation coming in as examples. Those sort of initiatives give team members leadership all levels a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, a sense of giving something back to the community. And that, again, being another very, very important part of the overall framework of emotional intelligence helps not only the senior people of the organization, but the, the more junior that are, are, are working their way up, become more invested in what the organization is all about. Trust me, based on data that I have, I work with Dell and Dell are doing a brilliant job around creating a, a more meaningful social enterprise. The, the results from team member uh, surveys on ENPS on is the job meaningful are through the roof. And I think what's it, what's, what, what I like to say here is that not only is there high emotional intelligence gone into this type of work, they're being intelligent with how people uh, how people's emotions are leveraged or, or used for a greater good. So that's kind of three elements of the overall framework. Fantastic. Fantastic. So who do you think are some people who are doing really good work in this field? Yeah, like the, the godfather of emotional intelligence is Daniel Goleman. It's about 25 years ago when he, he brought out his groundbreaking book called Emotional Intelligence. Uh, he's brought out lots since, and he's still putting out a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. I think, uh, you know, n not to uh, name some of the obvious, but Bill Gates is somebody that is, is very much into the framework and believes in emotional intelligence and the, and the, the value that it can bring. I have a quote from him. He said, in a recent conference is if it's not exciting to you, you're not going to be all that good at it, right? So a lot of the time we're working on stuff that we're not that invested in, we're not that excited about. And you might be able to do that for a period of time, but it, it'll probably result in, in burnout because if you're not invested in something, it's probably draining and it's just not good in the long run. So if you're smart enough and you're aware enough that this is what I'm doing and I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Maybe I should rescale or, or look at doing something different that I'm more passionate about that aligns with my values and whatnot. That is very good advice. And uh, that's a, again, a quote from, from Bill Gates. He would have, I would say quite a high emotional intelligence score. If we were to give him an assessment, um, definitely somebody that, that jumps out at me. I think, Leaders uh, in, in different parts of, of the world, not, not just in, in business, in sport, have, have shown high emotional intelligence. Barack Obama, I would say, uh, although a great speaker, I have always got a sense that he has a, a very acute a sense of his emotions and being able to regulate those and how he can control them. I very, very rarely ever seen him react to something that was said or or seem to lose his, his cool. So he's somebody that would definitely jump into mind. But it's funny, I, I come from Ireland and there's a, a term, uh, you, you're obviously from the UK as well, uh, he's uh, the term common sense. In Ireland we say the person might have a lot of cop on, it's kind of an Irish term. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, 
cop on or common sense is somebody that has a lot of high emotional intelligence and you can learn it just through your your upbringing your um environment um but the good thing is you can always develop it more so like iq they say is set from a certain age eq is one that you can work on and develop so some people that you would say that might never have high powered positions could have very very high emotional intelligence that's awesome thank you very much for being on the show no problem thank you for having me i'm murray newlands you've been listening to the how to ceo podcast thank you for being with us today and i look forward to talking with you next time goodbye